Praise God. So I just want to talk about it. Uh, uh, I was reading through a passage that I'll get to a little bit later, but um, um, a, 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 an aspect of God that is is uh, really wonderful about him that will help us when we take that on. Pastor Kim keeps uh, asking me if I'm <laughs> writing and uh I, I'm feeling compelled when I do write to talk about, I did a series, I don't know if you guys remember a couple of years ago about acknowledging God. And because um, it was right when the pandemic thing was going on and, and, I, and it's like, let's don't be looking at, let's, let's acknowledge God in the middle of this. Let's, let's, let's get our eyes, let's, let's look away from this stuff and let's look at, 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 at our hope at our redeemer, you know, and let's, we have some that we can look at that's so much more substantial. But what, what it means to acknowledge is not to just observe, but it's to take on what you look at. So uh, when, when we're looking into the, to the, when we're beholding Christ, we're transformed into that same image from glory to glory, right? And then so every aspect of God that we can see, he doesn't want us to just observe and praise. He wants us to take it on and for us to be like that. And so... Um, uh, let me just get into this first one. I'll kind of open it up as we go along. But what I'm wanting to talk about is, is the restoration nature of God. How he's always about restoring. You know, so, so many times we <laughs> kind of our, kind of our, our, uh, <laughs> our, what is it, cancel culture? Is that kind of what's going on in the world today? You know, you, if, if you want to discount somebody, you can go back 30 years. And you can find out something they said somewhere, and you get to cancel them. They 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 failed, and so you, you, they're they're no good anymore. And actually, it, it's it's something that's kind of human nature. We can actually do this to ourselves. We can disqualify ourselves because of something that we've done. Um, you know, I grew up with a lot of holiness. Uh, you know, good, but. Um, <laughs> Man, you can beat yourself up if you fail, you know, in, in, any, in any area. And, and what Satan wants to do is he wants to say, oh, you're broken, so now you, you're not going to be usable. Right, yeah. You know, you're broken, so it ain't going to work. Right. And so this has to start with us, but then, then um, it's, here's the wonderful thing. Everything we receive from God, we get to impart from God. So if, if I get something from God, it's not just for me to get it. But I get it even more the more I give it. It becomes something I give. So that's why observing him, we got to, it has to be something that we are. It's like love. You know, we, we become love. The more we observe him, the more we receive that. Um, so this restoration, <laughs> I, I, maybe I could have had, <laughs> had Larry help me on this because that's kind of what he does. Is he, he restores a lot. Of, well, he demos a lot of stuff, but then he'll bring stuff he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't just put stuff out. He doesn't take it to the to. Uh, he put it in the dumpster right away. He has a lot of stuff that he's he's going to use for something else at some point. And you know, God's always wanting to say, "Hey, it, it, as long as you bring it back to me, we can do something with it. Yes, yes. We we can make we can make something wonderful out of this. Right. It's not too broken for God. Right. All right." So I like this about him, and 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 I, I just want us to to realize though that we we are naturally humanly uh, we we resist this restorative nature of God. So 
Let me just go into Nehemiah. I'm just going to draw out, first of all, this, some of these examples of, of God's desiring. This is his passion. Um, you know, and in the Old Testament, a lot of times things would go for years. Um, and, it, and a lot of times it was the result of their own failures, right? They're turning away from God. And so they were, the walls were broken down, you know, uh, and they were taken into captivity. Who did that? Well, you know what? They, they could have just been left out there. But God, he doesn't, he doesn't cancel us. He's not cancel culture. He, he's restore culture. <laughs> and so, and so this is, this is uh, from, from the devastations of turning from him, God's heart is always to rebuild. He always wants to rebuild. This is always what uh, he's, in this case, they were, they were in captivity. And, and Nehemiah goes to the king and he says, I, I, I'd like to go back and I'd write, like to build, rebuild the walls. <clears throat> and uh, so this is Nehemiah 2, 5. And he says, I said to the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's tombs, that I may rebuild it. And so this is a man with a passion to go back and rebuild the city. And so he gets a whole book written about this, about going back and rebuilding the walls. They, it was a result of their own turning away from God. But this is God's passion, to rebuild. Okay, let's go to Jeremiah. <clears throat> In, in restoration, there's a great praise to the name of God. So God wants to be known as this. He wants to say, so what's, what's your God like? Well, he, he, he restores. He rebuilds. He doesn't just flush everything down the toilet, put it in the uh, crusher. <laughs> he says, we're going to do something with this. So I'm going to keep it around. And he's long-suffering in this. We'll see this. But um, Jeremiah 33, 7. And I will cause the captives of Judah and the captives of Israel to return. And I will rebuild those places at the first. Now, when God says, I will, what is coming out? His will, which is his passion. I like to think about God as passionate, you know? <laughs> he doesn't just do things halfway. He's really passionate about it. so when when god says starts saying i will do this it's like his passion is being put behind it um and the only thing that's keeping god's will because it, it is interesting god said man i i'm taking you to the promised land <laughs> and his will was to take him there right away but it's always limited by us isn't it it's always limited by what we decide to do, if we want to hook up with that or not. But when God says, my will, this is his passion. He, he doesn't desire for anybody to perish. That's his will. Right? Satan came and made a mess. I want to restore it all. So God's passion, he says, I'm the restorer. Bring things to me and we'll rebuild every time. This is his nature. This is what he desires. Now, hang with me on this because, again, we're beholding him for a reason. Not to just recognize what he is, but to say, this is what I need to become. Amen? And I will, oh, okay, let me go to the eighth verse there. 
And I will cleanse them from all their iniquity. Don't you like this? It says, all the stuff that made it so they were broken, I'm going to clean them up. This is his passion, isn't it? And their iniquity by which they have sinned against me. And I will pardon all their iniquities by which they have sinned and by which they have transgressed against me. Then it shall be to me a name of joy. This is what God gets God really happy. is seeing things that are broken restored. Things that were cast away. Even because it was their own fault. Oh man, can you don't you enjoy that about him about you? Yeah. <laughs> man, I, I I've written myself off a, a few times. <laughs> I, that's kind of my go-to thing. Sometimes I write myself off, you know. <laughs> but but every time in that state that you go back to God, He says, "Oh, I'm so glad you came here because we're going to do something with you just the way you are now. You don't have to fix yourself. Let me fix you." Amen. So he cleans us up. He he makes us right. Say, like, uh, what is it? Um, uh, he's faithful and he's just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Amen. This is his desire. What's he doing? He's he's restoring us. He said, "This is this is what I made you to be in the first place, and you're not going to miss out on anything that I designed for you to be. We're going to actually restore you even better." Amen? He said, this is what I get. This is a, a name of joy to me, a praise and an honor before all the nations of the earth who shall hear all the good that I do to them. When we go to him, when we get restored, and this is why it's so necessary for to, uh, us to experience the fullness of his restoration in our life. To not let the lies, let the, let the brokenness keep us in a mold but to be liberated completely from that junk. Amen? He says, because when the world sees what I've done for you, they're they going to say, hey, I want to go there too. Well, how do I get to his place? I'd like to go there for some restoration myself. Who shall hear all the good that I do to them? They shall fear and tremble for all the goodness and all the prosperity that I provide for it. I believe he's talking about his name and, and how it's experienced in people's lives. Look at what he does, though. Prosperity. The, the, the problem with brokenness is it inhibits prosperity. Now, sometimes we want to turn, turn uh, uh, an experience with God into God, don't bless me, don't prosper me, because I just want to be humble before you. <laughs> You know, <laughs> he says, the problem is I've made you to prosper. Yeah. I've designed you to prosper. You are incredible. Man, uh, what, what's kind of fun about, about um, YouTube and, and some of the Facebook things is, man, I, I, they, got, they got some of these guys doing the weirdest um, acrobatic things where, man, they're holding their bodies up in different kinds of ways. And, and it's like, it, does, it looks like it's got to be computer generated. I mean, there's just no way that could be. But how incredibly God has designed our bodies to actually do things 
that we never do because we don't ever go there, you know? We just, we don't even try, you know? I'm not gonna work out an hour and a half in the morning, an hour and a half at night, you know? I'm just not gonna do that. So I'm never gonna look like Rigo, you know? It's like, that's not gonna be me. But it's possible. And I believe, you know, that, that's what God is so, he said, man, I've designed you for amazing things. I've designed you to, to have revelation of me that's amazing. And I give you some. And if you'll do something with it, I'll give you some more. <laughs> right? But, but when he restores, he restores for a purpose. He restores to impart all his blessings. He restores to, to lift us up, to be the glory and the lifter of our head. Amen? Amen? So that's why he gets so excited about this. He says, this is my joy. This is to my name. I, I'm famous for this. <laughs> he says, we, we like to exalt him as being the creator, you know, and the one that hangs the stars and, you know, the one that does all that kind of stuff. He says, well, I, I really get fired up when my name starts being the one who restores people yeah. to prosperity. Amen. Well, this is God's passion. This is who he is. This is who, there's this God that we say, wash over me and rain on me and all this kind of stuff. This is the God that he is. When he reigns, he restores. If there's something that's been broken, if there's something been lost, well, that's what shalom is, isn't it? Nothing missing, nothing broken. Why? Because he restores. And that's what they speak over each other all the time, shalom, right? Isaiah 58, 12. So God's passion, <clears throat> he desires it to be taken on by his own. Don't you like God's passion about calling us his? <laughs> you know, sometimes we can, we can think about him being our God. And he likes thinking us about us being his. His possession. His, con his conquest. He won us. In a battle. He parades us in a, in a procession of triumph. <laughs> right? Isaiah 58, 12. Those from among you shall build the old waste places. He's saying, this is my passion, but it's going to be those among you that actually do this. So he sees this as being something that we become little restorers that he uses. You shall raise up the foundations of many generations and you shall be called the repairer of the breach, the restorer of streets to dwell in. Don't you like that? See, my name used to be Stephen Beerman. Now it's repairer of the breach. <laughs> I got four names now. All right. <laughs> but this is how God is looking at us. He's saying, Man, I don't want this to just be me that's this, that I just get happy about me being called this. I want it to be that you get to be called this. Because the greatest things about God are these kinds of things. They're, they're connected, well, we'll see this. They're connected with his love. They're connected with his passion. And he said, I don't want you to miss out on the best things about me. I want them to be yours too. Amen. So many times we can we can be thinking God God fix this in my life. I'm I'm really going to have to pray for this thing. <laughs> and He said, I just want you to get in the in the mode of becoming a restorer. 
It's amazing how you get in line with what God has planned and, and, and the nature of God and how, and, and then what Jesus said comes to pass. You seek first the kingdom and all those other things that seem like the big deals. This is one thing that God's helping me with right now that first of all, I'm just a servant. And second of all, nothing's a big deal. Because <laughs> that's where Satan wants to hit us all the time is it's about our identity other than being a servant. And, and as, soon as, that, as soon as we slip out of servanthood, we can be offended. We can be disappointed. We can be hurt. But as long as we're a servant, we're just doing the will of our Father. Right. Amen? Right. And as long as nothing's a big deal, hey, yeah. no biggie. Yeah. <laughs> Amen? We can talk to mountains and they move. Mm-hmm. All right. But he wants, to, he wants to have the same attitude. Okay, everything in my life is restorable. Yeah. Everything can come back. Amen? Let's look at Isaiah 61. 1. Jesus' affirmations of, uh, affirmation of God's passion uh, fulfilled in him. So remember when Jesus stood up, um, he'd just come out of being tempted in the wilderness, and he goes into the temple, and he stands up and gets in trouble, right? Man, he knew how to get himself in trouble by just being himself. I'd like to just be myself today, and he gets in trouble. And how, did he, how was he being himself? He found himself in the scripture and just read the scripture and said, that's me. And they got so mad at him for doing that. And he says, what I'm doing is what I want you to do. Just look in the word, find out what it says, and said, this is me. Amen. But I'm going to read this passage. And, and he didn't read the, everything I'm going to read here because I want to see where it gets to. Um, it says, the spirit of the Lord is upon me. Don't you like this? We don't, we're not having to stir this up ourselves. We're not having to say, oh, Steve said I have to be a restorer now. On top of everything else I'm doing. No, this is the nature we get by the Spirit. Amen? And, and actually, it's liberation for everything else that we got going on in our life. It'll bring freedom in these other areas. Okay? Spirit of the Lord is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives. What is all of that? Restoration, isn't it? Stuff that's been lost. You don't have to be poor. You don't have to be sick. You don't have to be captive, right? And the opening of prison to those who are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. To console those who mourn in Zion. What's that? Somebody that's lost. What are you mourning? A loss of some kind. Something that's broken. To give them beauty for ashes. Oil of joy for mourning. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. That they may be called trees of righteousness. The planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. Every single thing there was a restoration, wasn't it? Or something was dead, something came to life, or something was unproductive, it became a tree <laughs> that, that, that brings, something, brings life to somebody else, right? <clears throat> and it's all for his glory, that he may be glorified. So he says, the spirit of the Lord is on me 
to bring this about. You know what? We don't even have to, we don't have, the life is already, that's what the anointing is. It's the life that's so big that it just, it breaks everything around it, right? But we don't even have to, we don't have to try really hard. We don't have to, it's not like something we work up. We just proclaim. Didn't, didn't you like that? It said, he, he, he's anointed me to proclaim. Not to do it, just to proclaim it. Isn't that good? Sometimes I, th- I think we can feel like we have to do too much. And he says, all, all I'm asking you to do is proclaim it. He said, when it comes to healing the sick, just lay your hands on them. You're not the one that's going to heal them. You're just obedient to do it. Amen? said, in the process, me, the restorer, the one that gets all my joy from being known for being a restorer, gets to be glorified because you become my restorer. You become the proclaimer of what I restore. Amen? And they shall rebuild the old ruins. They shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the ruined cities, the desolations of many generations. Don't you like that? I think it's just cool stuff. All right. <laughs> All right. So this is where I, I saw something, though. And, and uh, you would think, well, let me read this first part first. <clears throat> In the return of those separated, there's a removal of divisions. So what happened is he's actually quoting from Amos here in Acts 15. So what happened is they were getting a bunch of, they were getting a bunch of Gentiles saved, right? And uh, they're getting, they're realizing that these are not Jews that are getting saved. These are Gentiles. They're not coming from the same, a lot of the traditions that that they were putting upon them. And it's interesting because Paul in other areas talks about the law and how there can't be anything to do with the law. And yet in this passage, they're actually dealing with the practicalities of actually making that happen. Because you're t- having people coming out of Judaism, they're saying, okay, if you're going to be, if you're going to accept this faith that we have, you're going to have to accept what we do also. And the main thing was circumcision. Saying you're going to have to become circumcised. Well, it's interesting. They came up with a letter that they wrote that said, okay, we're going to ask you to not be sexually immoral. Oh, is that the law? No, they said, they said the Holy Spirit and we agreed on this. That it would be good that you don't be sexually immoral. It wasn't the law. And yet, so they put together this thing. And what, what the, the purpose of it was not to put the, the, um, the rituals of the law upon the Gentiles. And it was actually saying, it would be good if you don't do these things, but we do ask that you act godly. So there is, there is some parameters that we can expect out of each other. So anyway, the point is, let me read this, okay. Afterward, I will return and restore the fallen house of David. I will, so this is what they're quoting. They're quoting Amos here. And I will rebuild its ruins and restore it. So that the rest of humanity might seek the Lord, including the Gentiles. All those I have called to be mine, the Lord has spoken. So they're using this as a reference from the Old Testament to talk about dealing with the Gentiles. They're saying, God said, I'm going to restore, I'm going to rebuild, and I'm going to include those that weren't even a part of it in the first place. It's going to be the Gentiles. 
So they put together this letter. Now, the reason why I'm saying this is we're going to get to a little, go, go down just a little bit further in this passage. And yet, in Acts 15, 36, let me just read this. This is kind of interesting. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let us go back and visit the believers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and see how they are doing. Let's go back and just, uh, man, he's so relational, isn't he? he? He likes to get around the people he's, he's ministered to and see how they're doing, make sure that they're still following in the faith, right? Barnabas wanted to take John, also called Mark, with them. But Paul did not think it was wise to take him because he had deserted them in Pamphylia and had not continued with them in the work. Shame. So I, I was looking at this and I thought, wow, Paul's jo judging John Mark. What I want us to see is there, there's a natural tendency. And I think sometimes it's validated to some extent. Sometimes we won't be in relationship with some people because of things that are done. It's a natural thing that we go through. Paul was not able to continue with this. He wasn't able to restore him right then. Now, we don't know what happened later on. He said, I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to travel with him. He wasn't faithful. He didn't, keep, he didn't do his part like he should before. I had some things I was expecting of him that he did not do. Man, talking about, you know, I mean, this is the guy that said, you know, <laughs> everything's by faith, right? And yet there's this, this very natural thing that we go through, even Paul went through. I'm not one to accuse him too much, but it looks to me like he didn't follow through with this a little bit, you know? And when you go on a little bit further here, look who did. And they had such sharp disagreement that they parted company. What I, what, what I want to see in this is we're not always going to succeed. But we can go back. We can be restored ourselves. Look, look who did. Barnabas took Mark and sailed for Cyprus. Barnabas didn't do that. He didn't hold that against John Mark. He said, I'm not going to do that with you. And he took him. And you know what? I, I, I was, I, man, this is so precious to me. John Mark failed. He's probably beating himself up. You know, and Paul says, he, he's so contentious towards him. What would have happened if Barnabas hadn't said, you come with me? I don't know what Paul's got against you. And you know, it might be legitimate to some extent, but all I know is I'm going to let you come with me. I'm going to restore you. And he was able to, to be in ministry still because there was an attitude that was taken on by Barnabas of restoration. Did you see that? I think that's, I think we need to understand, we, we need to not hold each other, you know, when, when we fail in, in one of these regards from time to time. I mean, Paul did, I, I think, you know, right? And yet, we need to, to, to say, God, help me to not even become judgmental of Paul, but help me to have a restoring attitude. Help me to be like Barnabas, you know? Somebody fails legitimately. And this is so necessary because we naturally, and God help us with this. By the Holy Spirit, help us. When somebody's doing something, you know, that we don't write people off, even just subconsciously. I believe this is what God is, is wanting to, you know, we can do that. You know? So, 
They don't fit into my... You know, God's helping me. I have my... I have... I don't know if I can talk about this. Maybe I better not. I was in the... I was in the sauna, and there was a there was a guy in there, and I won't describe too much, but he was in he 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 had an appearance about him that that I naturally go to, and I'm 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 just being real. It's like God help me, help me in that regard, help me to see this person as somebody that possibly what I'm seeing is a result of brokenness there. Then instead of me condemning somebody, just I, I haven't even heard their story. And I'm already in it. I'm already reacting. And I, like, I, I don't even like this that I'm doing this. And say, God, help me. Because what this person needs is not condemnation. And, I, and I'm thinking, how precious this person is. You know? And they might, they might know the Lord already, you know? And we can go ahead and just by, by what we observe about somebody, we can subconsciously you know because we've gotten in the well this is what you do when you're when you know God you know it's like no God doesn't look at them that way he look at he looks at them as a restoring possibility amen I'm, and again I want to sit there and say who am I who am I to be anything other than grateful for the restoration I've received Amen? And if I've received anything, I know God right now is not looking at anybody saying, I wish they would just go get crushed in the dumpster. (laughs) For everybody that's still breathing, he's saying, come to me. Come to me. Amen? (sighs) Barnabas took Mark and sailed off for Cyprus. Okay. Okay. We don't need to see the rest of that, but I saw that. Man, that, that, that's so precious. God wants to restore, doesn't he? Okay. Second Peter 3, 9. Though justice will be rendered, God's heart is always restoration first. So I just want to, you know, there, there is justice. People need to choose God. If, if you want to avoid hell, you need, to, you need to make Jesus your Lord. But God is long-suffering. You know, <laughs> In this, in this context especially, you know, long-suffering is one of the things of, of love, isn't it? One of the fruit of the Spirit. It's, what is that? That means when there is something that you could be offended by, that you could say, that appearance does not fit into to my acceptance. They're not circumcised, you know. What love does, it says, I'm going to treat them just as if nothing is wrong with the intent, with the vision that they're going to be restored. Because that's how, that's how God does long-suffering with us. You know, so let me just read this. Second Peter 3, 9. The Lord does not delay and is not tardy or slow about what he promises. Sometimes we think, man, God, why don't you just judge people right away? Like I would, right? And it's because he's wanting people to be restored. Doesn't matter how bad they are, he wants them to be restored. Yeah. Now, again, let's see God as our example. He said, I want this for you. 
I don't want to just, that's me. I want you to be a partaker of this divine nature that is long-suffering towards somebody, that, that you don't have to accept what they're doing, you don't have to accept their way of life, but boy, howdy, you, you accept them as a restoration project by the King of Kings. Amen? Don't you like that? He's not, sometimes we say, man, God's really not out for just, no, he is. But long-suffering and love are more important to him than instant justice. He wants to restore now. Amen? According to some people's conception of slowness, but he is long-suffering, extraordinarily patient toward you. (laughs) Don't you like that? (laughs) It makes it about me first so that it can be about somebody else as a result of it being about me. Amen? And I think this is essential because a lot of times we want to just say, oh, I just love how God just forgives me all the time. And then, then we can still harbor those other things. Towards. The whole purpose of our forgiveness and our reception of his love and his mercy is so that we can do likewise. Right? Okay. Not desiring that any should perish, but that all should turn to repentance. This is what God wants all the time. Yeah. And he will go on and on. He'll, do, he'll go to great extents, allow people to keep choosing wrong for a long time because he wants to restore them. Restoration is his biggest deal. Okay? Okay. Getting close, so got a minute. 2 Corinthians 5.17. I love this. But this is what we've been, this, this, this is God's passion in Christ. Is there, was a, there was a division between us. There was, there was things that were unacceptable to God. That's the, that's the purpose in sending Christ was to restore everything that, that Adam lost for us and to make it ours again. That's what redemption is. It's restoration, isn't it? Everything that was lost, he became our redeemer to pay the price to have it restored to us. Amen? Yeah. <clears throat> New life received will be reconciliation shared. I like that. So when we receive new life, what is that? That's getting something brand new that we didn't deserve. And it's getting freed from all the old that would condemn us at once. We're getting both at once. Amen? Now, what's, what's interesting about this is we really have to grow in this. It has to be something that we, we develop in our life. And that's why we're even talking about it right now. This is part of it. Amen? What happened when I got, well, I got, I got restoration. I got newness of life. Okay, so that means I, I get to grow up in this myself. It's not about me just getting my meal ticket to heaven and then not having to live like it on the way. <laughs> Like a new creation on the way, you know? No, no. no. It's about me growing in, in this image that I've beheld and being changed from glory to glory. Amen? So, this means that anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone. A new life has begun. Don't you like that? It's not just, it's, it's, it's complete. I'm, I'm so glad that just like a baby when he's born, he's, he's complete in all his parts. But he's not developed all the way. We have to develop completely, right? 
It says, a new life has begun. And all of this is a gift from God who brought us back to himself. This is what God says. If you just can come back to me, I'll restore you completely. Everything the enemy would steal from us, we come to him and he restores us completely. Amen? Isn't, that, isn't this wonderful? Aren't you just grateful? It just takes the load off, right? And God has given us. So we can bask in that, and then we actually get our marching orders, right? Next in line. We don't just get to receive. We have to give. And God has given us this task. Of reconciling people to him. Now, what I like about reconciling is you get back in line with God and you're getting in line with the, the restorer. You're getting in line with the repairer. You're getting in line with the one who will, will make everything right again. Amen? So what all we're doing is taking people to Jesus. But we can't do that if we're not, we haven't gone there ourselves. <laughs> Until we actually get that hard, and this, this, is, this is key for us. You know, we, we're talking about vision and what God wants to do for us as a body. We get that vision and we have to ask him for help with it. I don't know about you, but I, God help me to like people sometimes, you know. <laughs> help me to get over not liking people sometimes. <laughs> so, you know, I don't like the way they look. I don't like the way they smell. I don't like the way they talk. I don't. And he said, you know what? They're the ones I sent Jesus for. And what you're seeing that you might think is messed up is what I'm wanting to fix. I want to make it right. Amen? And I, in fact, I want to make it right so much that I've made you the one that's going to do it. Isn't that ironic how God will, <laughs> not only are they going to get fixed, but they're going to get fixed by you. Wow. He's given us the task of re reconciling people to him. For God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, no longer counting people's sins against them. And he gave us this wonderful message of reconciliation. Let's call that restoration, right? Restoring a relationship. And as soon as that's done, everything gets to come with it. God wants to prosper us in this restoration. So we are Christ's ambassadors. That means when we show up, it's just like him showing up. And if we're showing up with anything other than a restoring heart, a reconciling heart, he's not showing up with us, right? Because he only shows up where there's a heart that's his heart. Isn't this a good thing to see about God? It's like, God, I'm just going to take on this, this part of you and help me with it. We can believe, you know, we can believe for this. We, we, can, we can take that, that passage out of Isaiah like, like Jesus did and he said, I like to just say, this day, that prophecy is fulfilled in me because I'm one with Christ. Amen? And, we, and so you can go back into each one of those elements and say, that's me. I set people free. I restore. I do those things. I do that because it's the life of Christ in me. You can't separate me from the life of Christ anymore. Amen. He's making his appeal through us. We speak for Christ when we plead, come back to God. Isn't that a good way to end this? 